This is day four together of our look through 1 Peter chapter 4. Yesterday we began a look at suffering being short term and that our short time on this earth is a motivation for serving others. And Peter walks through a few things that we can do in serving others. First, he says, you do it by praying. Now in verses 8 to 11, well, in verse 8, he begins very broadly by saying, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. You serve others by loving others. You can't serve others truly without loving others. Love each other, he says, deeply, deeply. That word has behind it the idea of of stretching itself out, The, the idea of keeping itself constantly on the edge. Love is something that has to continue in life. And so the idea here of this deep kind of love is it's not a sprint. It's more of a marathon. It's a consistent, it's a continuing kind of love. It's always stretching, always reaching towards the goal, but it's running the marathon of life. And then this wonderful phrase, love covers over a multitude of sins. That's true in your life. Jesus' love covers your sins. But as you think about the way that you serve others, it's also true in our relationships towards others. Our love through Christ covers over a multitude of other sins. If you're gonna serve in a church for any length of time, like over a month or two, if you're going to be in a family for any length of time, like over a day or two, you're going to find out that the people in your family and the people in your church are all sinners, just like you are. So if you're going to serve together, if you're going to love together, you need to recognize the power of love to cover over a multitude of sins. We're not here to judge each other. We are here to serve with each other. And in serving with each other, we have the opportunity to see Jesus' forgiveness in every one of our lives. To love each other deeply is to recognize this need. And then Peter immediately says, okay, if you've got this kind of love, what does it do? Let's get practical. And immediately he says in verse nine, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. I love the honesty of scriptures. Offer hospitality, but then immediately, without grumbling, by the way. It is so easy to have a grumbling spirit when you're offering hospitality. They ate too much. They didn't eat enough. They talked too much. They didn't say anything. They stayed too long. They stayed way too long. They didn't even say thank you. It's so easy when you're offering hospitality to imperfect people to notice how imperfect they are and to feel like my hospitality was wasted. It was not. Imperfect people like you and me need hospitality. Hospitality of serving people food. Hospitality of bringing people into your home. Hospitality of offering people kindness. Hospitality of being there for them in their days of hurt. Hospitality of being there with them in their days of joy. Offer people hospitality. So the prayer here is, Lord, give me a grateful spirit instead of a grumbling spirit. Give me a grateful spirit for all that you've done in my life instead of a grumbling spirit. Grateful for what you've done and that I can share it with other people. And then he says, here's another practical way to love one another deeply. Exercise your gifts. Verses 10 and 11, he says, each one of you should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength that God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. These few verses are one of the four great passages about spiritual gifts in the entire New Testament. 
1 Corinthians 12 has a lot to say about spiritual gifts. You can also read in Romans 12 about spiritual gifts or in Ephesians 4 about spiritual gifts. I like this passage because it's just a few verses. It condenses it down. And you see very quickly three simple life-altering truths about the gifts that God gives you as a follower of Christ. Truth one, you have received a gift. You belong in the game. You belong serving. You are to do what you are best at. And one thing that we're all best at is the thing that we are gifted, we are designed to do. In the end, he says here, that is what brings honor and glory to God forever and ever and ever. Everyone has a gift in the body of Christ. No one has all the gifts, so we all need each other in the body of Christ. Now, he talks very simple terms here about two divisions of gifts. He talks about speaking gifts and serving gifts. If you speak, if you serve, he says. Maybe you're not even sure about which of those two you have. I mean, in 1 Corinthians 12, you can read a list of of several gifts and look through that list and think, well, I don't know which one I have. Here we only have two divisions, and you may still be unsure about which of them you have. How do you be sure about what you're gifted in? You start serving. That's how you be sure. That's how you find out what you're good at. You never find out what sport you're good at unless you played the sport. But somehow with spiritual gifts, we get this crazy idea, I'm going to sit in a chair, I'm going to pray about it, I'm going to figure out what I'm good at. The only way to figure out what you're good at when it comes to serving other people is to serve them in those ways. And if it doesn't work, if you're not good at it, then move to something else because you're obviously not gifted in that. You're gifted to do something else. You are gifted. And if you tried to serve in one way and it didn't work and you have allowed that failure to keep you from serving maybe for months, maybe for years, serve in a different way. Find the way that God has gifted you to serve. Second truth here, you are to use that gift to serve others. God didn't give you that gift to serve yourself. You're using that gift to serve others. For all of us, we serve our way into significance. We don't strive our way into significance. We serve our way into significance. And to use your gift just for yourself, that's gonna create constant doubt in your life. Is God really blessing me? What's God doing in my life? When you begin to use that gift God's given you to serve others, that creates growing confidence in your life because that's how he meant the gift to be used. I've always said life is like a game of volleyball. As long as you're serving, you'll never lose. You just keep serving. But recognize that to use your gifts to keep serving, you're gonna have to face your doubts because you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. We're gonna have some wins and some losses. Sometimes it's gonna go well. There's a learning curve with our gifts. And when you face doubts when it comes to your gifts, there are two great temptations during a season of self-doubt. First, the temptation to become an imitator. You think, well, I, I gotta maybe have her gifts or, or his gifts because it seems to be working for them, but it's not for me. You, you wanna escape self-doubt in your life? Start being you. The best recipe I can give you for doubting yourself the rest of your life is try to be somebody else the rest of your life. Of course, you should doubt yourself then because you're not supposed to be that person. You're supposed to be you. So one of the things that can happen is you become an imitator. The other thing that can happen is you become a spectator. Because you've had a failure, a struggle, you start to believe that others can do a much better job. So you withdraw into the stand. You you get off of the field. And maybe people look at you and they say, oh, isn't she humble? Isn't he humble? He never pushes himself forward. She never pushes herself forward. But you know the truth. You're afraid. You've had a failure. You don't want to face it again. You know the truth. You look at your life and you see the struggles, even with sin in your life, and you think, I don't have the right to be on the field, so I'll just watch. Well, we all struggle with sin. We all need the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. But God has a place for you. Don't be a spectator. Don't be an imitator. And notice the phrase here. He says, 
When we use these gifts, we are administering God's grace. That's an awesome phrase. Administering God's grace in its various forms. By using God's gifts, you're helping people to picture God's grace. And if you don't use the gift that God has given you, somebody's missing out on a picture of God's grace they need. When you serve with the gifts that God has given you, you're expressing God's grace to a hurting world. Third truth about you in these gifts, and that is as you serve others with the gift that God has given, God is glorified. We often say here at Saddleback, every member is a minister and that we use our shape, our spiritual gifts, our heart, abilities, personality, experiences, S-H-A-P-E. We use our shape to serve God. You use your shape to do what God has called you to do and then it all gets done. But what gets done is not just what happens here on this earth. As we use our gifts to serve God on this earth, Peter says here, that has an impact on eternity. Through the church, we are serving, we're using our gift. And through that, the church is shown to be the body of Christ in this world. And God is glorified, not just in this world, but forever. He says forever and ever. He wants us to not miss the point that when you use your gifts, it shows God's grace to a hurting world and it echoes God's grace. It expresses God's grace into all eternity. That's the power of you using your gift, you serving with your gift. And so Jesus, now as you pray, we pray that instead of being afraid, being filled with self-doubt, you'd help us to have faith, to trust that you did give us a gift, you have given us a gift, and you do want us to serve. If we haven't found it yet, help us to keep serving until we recognize where you want us to serve. If we have found it, help us to be faithful in the place you've called us to serve. And remind us now, Lord, what that means. People get to see your grace. Eternity will echo with glory to you. Remind us of what that means. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Tomorrow we're going to talk together about what it means for suffering to be shared. <laughs>